Hey everyone, Tom here, Alf Metallica, episode 159. We really are almost at the end of the show here, guys. And, you know, today we're tackling a very important, legendary song here. Uh, Welcome home, bracket sanitarium. This is, uh, you know, if I was a bird watcher and I was just waiting for these Metallica songs to come along... I mean, I don't really know ornithology in that sense, but I guess if I saw a toucan or some sort of rare blue tit, it would it, it would be that sort of excitement. We're talking about Welcome Home Sanitarium today. Just before we get to the guest and the um, the discussion, follow us at Metallica Pod. That's the best way to you know keep abreast of all the Alpha Metallica news, all the episodes that I'm releasing, the top tens and such. Uh, you know, one of the things that I'm working on at the moment, and I know it's quite petty, but, you know, whatever, it's content that I find interesting Metallica-wise. I'm going to do my top 10 worst personal Metallica songs, the Metallica songs that I hate the most, and, uh, you know, countdown from 10 to 1, it's not all going to be load, it's not all going to be reload, it's mostly going to be load and reload, but, you know, uh, look out for that, I'll be, uh, you know, talking about that on the Twitter Follow us on YouTube, Spotify, all the platforms. Leave us a review on iTunes, please. Five stars if possible. Patreon is there. Episodes like this go on there first. Everything goes on there first. You know, often like the, uh, did my history recently of uh, Metallica supporting bands. And I just concluded that. It's actually longer. The second volume's longer. So I'm going from the, uh, you know, Garage Remains the Same tour up until modern day, really, you know, following it from Jim Brewer, um, you know, onto other stadia beyond there, but going in depth on the Death Magnetic tours and stuff like that, and, you know, that was a really fun one to put together, so that's on the Patreon, that's going to be on the Patreon exclusively, you know, for the next fortnight or so, so if you want to listen to that first, subscribe on there, but, uh, you know, yeah, we bring ourselves today to be discussing a absolutely iconic song, you know, a hugely celebrated song from a rightly recognised masterpiece of a record in uh, Master of Puppets, and today I'm joined by, you know, a listener, as always, he joins us from the actual New Jersey, Andreas Andy, how's it going, man? Everything's doing good, man, yourself? Very well, and you, yeah. talk to me about your roots with the band, were Deep Purple involved in any way, or no? Um, I don't know if to say in relation to Metallica, but I kind of started listening to both bands uh, around the same time. More so Metallica first, then Deep Purple later, but I love both bands. And talk to me about you and Metallica then, like, ultimately, like, how did that, how did that begin to snowball? Like, you know, not just how did you get into them, but when did the obsession take hold? Oh, well, like a lot of people, like I heard, like, Enter Sandman and Mm -hmm. True on, like, classic rock radio, like, this was like, early 2000s and i liked what i heard but then i kind of just didn't listen to anything until believe it or not like guitar hero 3 when one was included (laughs) and i first heard that i was like this is amazing Mm. and then from there on i kind of slowly but surely got all their albums started following them you know the first album that came out following that was um death magnetic which i loved i got that year it was great and uh yeah, I've been a fan pretty much ever since. And what about Sanitarium then, like, getting in commune with this track? Was was that just you just listened to Master and just coming across it? Did you know it beforehand? Uh, well, actually, I first heard this track off of the uh, live shit Binge and Purge 3 CD 2 DVD package. 
that mm-hmm. I picked up one day from my now defunct FYE, which I miss every day. Uh, I got that, and uh, I remember that it. chain. I remember that chain. I remember because obviously I'm a Brit, but I remember for your entertainment, right? Yes, that is correct. Yeah, I went there a few times on holiday. We have HMV over here, I guess, a comparable sort mm. of store or whatever. But uh, yeah, brought, but I bought a lot of good bare naked lady CDs from FYE, <laughs> low key. Like, on, the, nice. on the down low, I bought a few of those. But uh, um, you, so, you know, let's talk about Sanitarium because obviously sure. it's a fucking giant song of the band. Oh, yeah. I mean, the band have so many huge songs that just defy, like defy time or era that are just these monoliths. And, you know, Sanitarium is one of those. Sanitarium has been played 962 yeah. times. I mean, obviously we normally, we'll get, we'll get into this at the end of the episode more. I always sure. end, you know, I want to look at has ever been played live, etc. But yeah. just to put it in perspective, people who might not be aware maybe about this song, like this has consistently yeah. been played, you know, a, mm-hmm. a, a favorite that's stapled to the top of, you know, many lists. It's adored. Like, uh, it, it's Sanitarium, yeah. Andy. What can I say? Look. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right, and it definitely holds up and it tackles uh, a subject like it, it was based off of. I think one flew over the cuckoo's nest. I think that's where they got KKC, inspiration yeah. from. It was, yeah. Yeah, love love that movie. Haven't read the book, but love the movie, and I love the Amazing whole movie. concept of like people who may or may not be insane, but are in there and trying to get out. Because this is about old like insane asylums, which weren't exactly uh, good. But mm-hmm. yeah, you know, so yeah, love that concept. It's real, but yeah, and the music is amazing too. To to accompany that, so you know, getting into the track itself, then the music of this song, and we have yet again an unforgettable intro, and mm-hmm. you know, throughout Metallica's balladry, especially as we progress. And, you know, in, in general, but I think especially when they've slowed down a bit and they're a bit more, uh, you know, contemplative, Metallica can play with a very simple set of notes. So the intro of Sanitarium, mm. boom, boom, boom. You know, anyone that's played guitar knows they're just playing with the, the lowest string, the highest string, the highest string's got an octave shape there, and it's chiming out. Think about nothing else matters. Like, I don't know if you're yeah, a guitar I- player. Or... I'm not. I tried to be, but it, I just didn't have. Well, the I mean, discipline. you know, not anyone can play yeah. the opening riff to this song because it is just open. Oh strings. yeah, you know, you're not even mm-hmm. putting your hand on the like. Uh, you know, and James and Co are so just adroit at that, and 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 you know, mm. carving out these real like when you hear that intro to Nothing Else Matters or to Sanitarium, you know, it's absolutely died in the wall there. But um, yeah, what 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 do you make of that? Before we get into that, you know powerful marching arpeggio riff that moves forward like what what do you think of those opening couple of notes in sanitary oh they they definitely fit what the lyrics would bring later it's got this creepy ominous feeling of like uh you know sort of like a empty room with like minimal lighting and uh it just sets the mood perfectly and it sets it up for what the song will become now it goes into and again, I don't mean to get too overly theoretical or whatever in terms of guitar playing. And it's not that theoretical or whatever, but yeah, no, it, it goes into something that, you know, Metallica, or should I say James, loves to do when he writes his riffs. And I don't mm. begrudge him this because it does work. And it's just something that I know a lot of people have noticed that, you know, what are Metallica's main free ballads really in terms of the, you know, thrash era? Uh, we're talking about Fade to Black. We're talking about Sanitarium. We're talking about One. 
all of their riffs are made up of the same. It's actually the beating heart of all three of those riffs. I'm sure a lot of people will be aware. Is 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 the B power chord uh, formed on the A string? Uh, you know, the, the the second and the four on the A and the D strings. You know, anyone's played this kind of chord everywhere. But when you think about these riffs, and you know, boom, 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 but you know, James is shifting that shape upwards. Like, is there a familiarity to you when you listen to these three tracks? Because you know. They have the same DNA, undeniably. Yeah, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's definitely a common thread between the three. I feel like yeah. they form a nice trilogy of some they do. sort. They do yeah. almost better than the Unforgiven three. Is the the yeah, two four yeah. three? Like, I don't know. Yeah, the third the third Unforgiven should have been called something else. I feel like I think it yeah, was they were just really, piggybacking yeah. off of the other two, yeah. and it was like this is similar enough. Let's call it Unforgiven three, and it's like. Mm-hmm. Eh, nah. <laughs> yeah yeah and you know from so what would you make of this riff then that the main riff of sanitarium uh that, that you know the, the the arpeggio that grows as it goes on oh i love it you know it's definitely a really good very like classic riff like it, it sounds like something that like maybe a band like diamond head would probably do which of course they love and uh you know it just it just fits really well uh with all of it i think it's really cool it is yeah and you know again it's one of it's just a hetfield classic that is yeah. just yep. in, in, indelible from the off and really plays a nice counterpoint to another feature of these ballads as well as the two four shape is kirk absolutely knocking out of the park on league guitar and yeah. i think some of his all-time greatest i think probably Probably my favorite ever Kirk moment is the closing fade to black solo and also a yeah. lot of the opening lead work in one. Um, you know, I, I, I worship utterly. But uh, but yeah, throughout on Sanitarium, yeah. he seems to have sort of learned, to me at least, um, you know, there's a bit in fade to black. There's a bit in the fade to black intro solo that is the sound of new ground being broken for me as a lead player by Kirk. And it's... It's that skip upwards. Yeah. And that quick glint, uh, you know, of, as the eye, as he carves up the fretboard. And he does this a lot in Sanitarium where he's playing a lot of kind of wide interval shapes and, you know, skipping down and slipping and a lot of odd note choices that are very melodic and satisfying. And there's, by my count, four solos that make up Sanitarium, the intro solo, the post-chorus solo, the sort of main solo, the main thrash solo, mm-hmm. four minutes 30, and then the outro solo that kind of has a you know short break in between. But um, yeah. Kirk's Lee playing, what, what do you make of Kirk's Lee playing on Sanitarium? Oh, it's definitely one of his best by far. You know, it's, I mean, he's he's already a, a good player in my opinion, but I think this one, he just peaks. Well, I don't want to say peak, but like, it's definitely like some of his best. Like the whole Master of Its album is like, you know he's perfect on that album specifically and this one is a great example of it probably the best example of it and we're just you know it's just it's this vintage vein really of metallica where they can do no wrong and every riff every pre-chorus and whatever is just fucking you know so brilliant yeah and in the same way on fade to black we get you know fade to black i was thinking just today how audacious it is on that song which you know, to me is one of Metallica's best, probably one of my favorite songs. Actually, I really love that song. Um, the mm. riff chorus, you know, there's no sun, there's, there's no words. It's just it feels just dum, ba, 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 da, dum, ba, and it, yeah. it doesn't need anything to it. And no, uh, no. you know, no, it no. kind of replicates it a little bit in Sanitarium, like that kind of that naughty knolls, but still quite clean and smooth. Like I, I, I yeah. love that bit. Yeah, me too. It's great. 
it's uh, you know, yep, just, yeah it just has a lot of lot of energy to it and you know again gives yep. birth to you know kirk solos riding through this and yeah again i just mm. want to emphasize how much i'm a fan of them how, how much how much they blossom and bloom and really have a lot going on ideas wise and just serve the song in a splendid way and it's really hard to do actually to put lead playing in more of this narrative context and just you know offering up a solo i think about the fate to black opening solo the one solo indeed a lot of the playing on sanitarium uh i think is out of this world one of the things i do love as well is after the second chorus we go into the chug we go into this pure you know there's nothing on this open note you know hand like it's just absolute your know, bulldozer playing what do you make of that and you know the riff that comes out so just like it's really got its teeth bared you know yeah i always thought that that sounded like tom sawyer from rush yeah that's a fair comparison yeah yeah. yeah, and I, I think, think they even I think admitted... they're Rush guys. Are they? They're Rush guys, right? I think. Yeah, they. Oh, they love them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm yeah, sure. They, Kirk, I, I think I've heard Kirk talk about them, but yeah. Yeah, he has. Yeah, so uh, that's always great because I love that band as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I, I love... that, that would have been a cool tour, like in the in the mid '90s or something. Just fuck it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that would have been good. I mean, yeah, it wouldn't have been GNR level, but uh, but no, that's a, <laughs> yeah. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, and that also, you know, that break, um, you know, when we go into the song. And it's you, you know um, you know the fear of living on yeah getting Nate restless getting now, restless or, now. Or, or, yeah. that sort of idea. and you know I mentioned this before on other songs like Commando um, you know one of Metallica's <clears throat> many Ramones covers on the Saint Anger B sides yeah. um, you know hearing James say Vietnam in that song is very <laughs> pleasing on a certain yeah. you know uh, bass level and mutiny in the air as me as a, as a phrase to hear this twenty four year old James Bark is uh, it's Nirvana. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love the his singing on this uh, particular verse, especially. Oh. It's my favorite part of the song. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah, it's it's amazing there. It's there. Kill it, such a friendly word. <laughs> yeah, uh, that <laughs> I, that line in particular, it's uh, kind of got some mixed signals there. But in the context of the song, I mean, I I, I can see it, you know, because mm-hmm. people are <laughs> ironically going insane in an insane asylum. So I mean, there's, cool. there's a lot of stuff that I think really works. A lot of lyrics that are quite superb. Moon is full, never seems to change. You know, the idea of the light bulb in the cell, like, mm. which is, yeah. just, you know, some quite, it is that Ken Casey idea that you were speaking of before. And yeah. James actually said in an interview that the idea for the song came from the movie One Flow of the Cuckoo's Nest. Uh, Fade to Black worked well, he said, and we wanted to have another slow, clean picking type of song, this time the chorus. I had trouble singing that chorus, it's really high. And when I went to sing it in the studio, I remember Fleming looking at me like, you're kidding. I said, shit, I don't know if I can do this. So I ended up singing it lower than I intended, but we put a higher harmony on it, and it worked pretty well. The riff of that song was lifted from some other band who should remain anonymous. Um, I, I couldn't really find anything on this. Do you know what band they ripped a, ripped them off a of sanitarium? Like, I I think they're talking about Rush. That was the the shit. They're actually okay, crazy. I think that was um. Yeah, and James also says in a book that I covered with Metal Up Your Podcast, which to me is one of the all time one of the goat music books ever. I know I'm biased because it's about Metallica, but Back to the Front. Are you familiar with this, Andy? uh is that the book on like 
uh, philosophy or is that a different no book? it's like a sort of coffee table book about the master like the the writing of the the tour with Ozzy oh, etc like, oh know. for Master of Puppets yeah 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 um, I've heard of it yeah mm-hmm. so uh, there's a quote here from James they have a chapter all about when they were recording at uh, the Sweet Silent Studios it says quote Fleming loved the challenge of really nailing whatever sound it was we were after. Where's the crunch? I feel it in the E string, but not when I'm up here in D. So he'd tweak and tweak. It was all about parametric EQ at the time, and he definitely had an ear for it. He loved to experiment. I vividly remember coming in with Sanitarium and saying, you know, production-wise, I want the drums to sound like a heartbeat, like they're alive. This was really difficult to do, but Fleming got to work with a sampling effect that was brand new at the time. He also experimented with all kinds of clean sounds and phasing. So, um... We haven't really spoke about the rhythm section, the drums in this track, but what are your thoughts on Lars's playing? Uh, I think Lars does an excellent job on this play. You know, I mean, recent years notwithstanding, I think he was one of the best drummers of the 80s, although not the best to come out of thrash. I think, say, Charlie Benanti from Anthrax is a technically better drummer, but that's just me. Sure, sure. I guess you've got to take it as a whole, haven't you? Like, he didn't contribute Mm -hmm. to the Anthrax machine like Lars did to Metallica. Right. Yeah, but no. But on, on a purely technical level, I, yeah. saw, I see what you're saying, and you know, th- yeah. th- there is there is a musicality to him that uh, mm-hmm. you know underpins this track. And I've got to give it to this yeah. song as well. For as grand as it is, six minutes twenty seven is is pretty compact. Like it's actually shorter than the thing should that should not be, which says a lot less mm-hmm. to me personally. Yeah, I think the length is actually a good like the right length. You know, it should it's good that it's not like longer. Not that I don't like long songs, but sometimes they can just like I could have shaved like a minute off this and it would have been good. So yeah. 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 Um th- there's certain sections where they uh extend it like on this sanitarium like just to get it through to that chugging section. And I like the yeah. elasticity that they treat it with. And you mentioned before that uh Metallica and Philosophy book which I need to do an episode on, really. I've read a few of them ages ago, but I do own it, so maybe I just went through and sort of, you know, uh, broke them down in some internet style. But uh, apparently philosopher William Irving in that book states that Welcome Home Sanitarium is perhaps the most revealing of Metallica songs dealing with insanity. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's it's about a book that's set in an insane asylum. I mean, that's <laughs> as black and white as you can get. True. And, uh, you you know, the actual ending of the song, reminiscent of, say, Creeping Death and just, you know, the live show at the time, trash canning it, like quite a grandiose ending, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I love the ending and that ending, like, last few seconds with the drums, like, and then, like, yeah, like, it's just, it's the icing on the cake. Yeah, it's just, and, you know, like we mentioned before, it's been played an inordinate amount of times. Yes. 962 oh, wow. times. So debuted in Wichita, Kansas in 86, March 27th. Mm. Uh, last played this year. Last played a couple of months ago. July 6th in Berlin, Germany, 2019. It, it continued to be played. Uh, I've seen the band live twice. And, you know, they've played it both times. And, you know, it remains a staple. And, and, and rightly so, right? Like, this is... As heavy as this song yeah. is, which it completely is, and it has certain breakdown sections that are still, you know, breakneck and and, yeah. and, and really fucking good. Um, it's tender and 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 revealing and quite catchy and poppy almost. Dare I say? Yeah, right? yeah, it is one of their most poppy songs. Like if you want to call them that. I mean, it's not like Escape where they try to write a pop song, but it's definitely like radio friendly out of their thrasher i mean all their songs get played on the radio because they're metallica and you know everybody loves them but yeah this one is actually 
quite accessible and, you know, it's a really fun ride. I can see why they played it over 900 times. Yeah. And as we always do, we reach out to you guys at Metallica Pod. What do you think of this song? Uh, Rick Nashtag, who's been on the show many times, shout out Rick, says, underrated because of the amount of great songs and puppets, but it stands up to any of the classics from the Fresh era. Dr. Bass says, love it. One of the first Metallica songs I heard. Found a tape of them in a youth club in Sweden in 1991. Mix of like 10 Ryder Master songs. And this and Fable, the two standouts for me. Plus I can hear all the lyrics, which is unusual for me. Rao says, just a goddamn masterpiece of the best album ever created by humans. Followed the Fade to Black formula, which has incredibly well aged incredibly well for them over the years. Has that slow build up to a wonderfully flashy ending. Everyone's firing on all cylinders. The echo on Hetz vocal adds to the eeriness of the song. Really conveys the subject matter the song is based on. One Flow of the Cooker's Nest. Definitive live version might be the Seattle 89 show. Yeah, Ralph, that is a good one. Uh, the R4, which is the uh, Ridiculous Rock Reviews podcast, which is a podcast that I've been on myself to cover Van Halen's 1984. Uh, shout out Aaron over there. One of my favorite podcasts, I listen to that podcast very recently, uh, says uh, a lot, says Masterpiece. Uh, Terran says, love it. I like the story it tells. The guys were young, but the lyrics were wise. Sam of Bloody Podcast says, love the lead work. It really feeds off the rhythm backing. Combined with the great lyrical content, makes it stronger than Fade for me. This is a turning point for next level maturity in Metallica's writing, reinforced by the entire Metallica a master album, of course. Adil says, well, I have to put my money on one for best ballad. This one always makes me reconsider that. Kirk's lead, especially during the first half, is some of the most melodic stuff I think he's ever written. Such a well-written song, so beautiful and haunting. Steph says, that final solo still catch me all after years, giving the chills, even after all these years. And uh, finally, Master Pun says, love it. One of the f- best first metallic intros i learned fully um any final thoughts on this track for you andy it's just a stone cold classic in my books it's if i had to make like a top 20 metallica it'd definitely be like in the top five for, for sure is it better than fade to black hmm you know I by a hair so, yes I mean, I, I mean so. fade to black is definitely um i feel like on the same level i mean Re- yeah I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, close, it's, but, yeah. it's it's very close. I have to think about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. see, it's like that'd be a tough uh, ranking, and if I'm making my list, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so guys uh, let us know what you think of that track at MetallicaPod MetallicaPod.gmail.com and of course we'll keep doing these episodes and uh, keep giving these reviews on the songs thanks as always to all the listeners out there that have been on the show and just people who uh, tune in so we will close up with a few quick five questions the first of which being what is your favourite Metallica song? hmm uh yeah, probably yeah, probably Damage Incorporated actually mm. now that, you, uh, that, that that song just rips and it's just oh so so good with a very 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 ambient intro yeah i love the intro yeah mm. Mm. yeah that is uh yeah good choice good choice like good a little ambient. doppler effect yeah it, yeah <laughs> i don't know what no, i like it yeah cliff is just yeah i mean yeah forever. oh god i miss forever. him so much and i mean on this song as well on sanitarium like the intro yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah, that's yeah. some paul mccartney lead there like that's really guiding it yeah. oh yeah it's amazing what well, one wonders what would Metallica would have been if he hadn't Jeez. died? Crazy. You know, it's like it's one of those what if. <laughs> would they have been the Beatles? Like, they just yeah, oh, the yeah, world? they would have been even better than before. And I love Newstead and Rob too. Oh yeah, you know, so, oh, yeah but, but you know, but still, it's just something to think about. But Same thing he, with Mustaine too. He's the last person that Hetfield and Lars are probably really like deferred to creatively. Like they're they're just yeah. their own guys now. But for him, he was always the yeah. It was, yeah. uh, but, okay. So, um, what about album by the band? Favorite album? 
Mm, I want to say low. No, not low. No, uh, <laughs> no, uh, probably, uh, probably ride the lightning top to mm. bottom. Yeah. You know, followed by puppets close second. Yeah. And the, um, favorite member of the band. It's James. You know, no question. James is just yeah, the, the, like the brightest, like on stage and he's like the driving force and, uh, just a cool guy, you know, and the great songwriter player. You know, he's great. Seeing them live. Have you seen them live at all? <sighs> you know, I actually haven't. I'm not much of a concert sure. goer. Like, I did for a while, but my last concert was, well, my last concert proper was actually Janet Jackson in 2017 in Atlantic City. And it was, <laughs> it was good. I liked it. Okay. But my last rock concert was uh, Moody Blues uh, the same uh, year at okay. my local amphitheater. Look, and Janet can rock. Like, let's not get oh, yeah. twisted. Like, like Black Cat yeah, fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. kicks ass, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. The traveling and like sure. uh, the buying the tickets like at a certain time. Because I don't know if it's there in the uk but like here in, in the u.s like buying tickets especially through like say places like Ticketmaster, like they fluctuate depending on how close the show is i think uh, eddie trunk coined the phrase airplane pricing because the same show and like similar seats you know one guy can pay 200 dollars for it but then like the night before or night of the guy next to him pay like 20 bucks mm. so it's like and those are mostly for like not like the jagunda shows like say right, the stones right. at giant stadium but like for little lower with that but that you know it pays to wait that's all i'm saying and plus i just you know but i don't know maybe one day i'll bite the bullet and go sure. next time they're around sure and probably bring some earplugs yeah so you just for my hearing yeah no i you know it's um yeah i, I appreciate the effort yeah but some you know yeah. it, it, it's worth it but you um yeah finally you if you were to do a podcast like this about a band that you love who would you like to cover well, my all-time favorite band is Queen, so mm. that would be especially fun. But, like, you know, I'd love to do a band that I got into recently, uh, uh, Manic Street Preachers. Yo, Welsh band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, they, that's a band, like, you know, They're I think in my head, bands that should have been huge in America, they should have been huge in America, you know. What have you been listening to? Um, recently, by them, probably mostly, I, I, I like their... First album, Generation, Generation Terrorist. Terrorist, yeah, and yeah. and I know they don't like it. Well, okay, there's two albums that the band themselves aren't fans of. It's their second album, Gold Above the Soul, and uh, Know Your Enemy from the early 2000s. Mm, mm. That album, for my recollection, is not on even not even on iTunes. Uh, so, um, it's like the yeah. Oh, I was gonna say it's like the ultimate sin of their catalog. <laughs> yeah, they've got because uh, all the stuff with Richie Edwards, they're guitarists mm-hmm. have disappeared and like they yeah. used his poetry to make one of their best albums the holy bible but yeah send away the yeah. tigers from 2007 yes uh check that one out that's kind of quite poppy and accessible that one's, that, one, that one's really good too yeah, yeah really really good guitar playing from james dean bradfield I yeah think. yeah that that's mm, yep. okay Man, a manic street preachers but because I, I think there is a queen one i think there's like an official queen one. obviously you can do your own anyway yeah. but um sure, do, you, yeah. do you know um do you know hot uh what's it called hot space yeah, by Queen. That's, yeah. I, I actually really like that album. I love that album. And <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Cool Cat. Do you know that song? Yeah, that's like the Ska-ish song. Yeah, that's Freddie really like, doing falsetto. It's John Deacon uh, recorded it all, but obviously Freddie sang it. And I think Bowie was supposed to yeah. sing it. But that is a, it's a, like a Lost Hall Notes classic. Like, 
I love that song. That's <laughs> yeah. a really good. Yeah, Queen are just fucking the best. Like I love. Them. Yeah, they're they're great. I've seen them live with both with Paul Rogers and with mm. Adam Lambert. Both times were great. Yeah, there's been some coverage of Queen over here recently because they're, I think they're meant to play Glastonbury next year, but like there's a badger car yeah. in the farm. Like, yeah, Brian May is getting annoyed. Mm, yeah. Well, but no, Queen, yeah, that's... Queen are Queen are. Yeah. I think Queen are the only band. Someone can correct me on this. Where each member wrote a number one hit. Yes, I think you are that's, correct. That's fucking crazy. So not even the Beatles can do that, and I love no. the Beatles too. So. Oh yeah, the I think the Beatles are better than Queen. Um, we say the Queen are better than Beatles. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, well, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I love I them both, and obviously, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I guess the Beatles are better, but like they kind of laid the foundation if for you're everything. Into that so, sort of virtuoso playing, then obviously Queen are a bit more. But yeah, it's not saying like the Beatles didn't have that, but. Well, they actually, well, Beatles influenced everybody. So. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Except <laughs> the Manics for some reason. Yeah. The Manics yeah. are, I so know, so there's no Beatles <laughs> influence know. at all. Yeah, they don't really, they don't really care about no, them. No. So, so, uh, so yeah, so yeah, guys. Um, yeah, we'll be back as always to cover more Metallica on this show. We've got When a Blind Man Cries coming up next, the Deep Purple cover, and then the final Reload song of this run, Where the Wild Things Are, and then Wherever I May Roam. And Whiplash, Whisking the Jar, and You Really Got Me. So, yeah, we haven't got many episodes left of the original run. Andy, this has been great, man. Thank you for coming on. No problem, man. Thank you for having me. It's all good, guys. So, follow us at MetallicaPod. Patreon is there. iTunes is there. That podcast that I'm doing about wordplay, pun it. Uh, we're releasing more and more episodes. So, I'll put the link down below. But, yeah, go check that out. I'll put a little trailer on the channel if you want to listen back a few episodes ago. But, um, yeah, this has been Tom. We'll be back for When a Blind Man Cries and other episodes. Andy, thanks again. No problem, man. Thanks.